Welcome to the Beach Grove United Methodist Church Podcast, where you can hear our Sunday morning sermons in audio form and take them wherever you go. A reminder that if you want to watch the entire service, our services are available on our YouTube channel linked in the podcast notes. We would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast so that new sermons come into your feed as soon as they are available, and you can do this using your favorite podcasting app. We would love it if you would help to support the missions and ministries here at Beach Grove through your tithes and your offerings. A donation link is also linked in the notes below. And lastly, find us on Facebook and Instagram to follow along with all the fun things happening at Beach Grove, whether you live in Suffolk, Virginia or not. We hope you enjoyed this week's message, and please don't forget to share it with others. morning comes from the book of Isaiah chapter 11 verses 1 through 10. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. Spirit of counsel and might. Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with a righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide the equity of the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with his rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, The leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf, and the lion, and the fatted cow together. A little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the snake. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the snake's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples, and the nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. It's the word of God for the people of God. Let us go to God in prayer. Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you, that through your word for us this day, as we continue to dive deeper into this Advent season, we would look longingly towards the birth of your Son, our Savior, that we would be prepared for all that we are called to do through his presence in this world. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. So what an image we have in front of us in the scripture today, right? The, this passage appears to kind of be finishing the work of what Isaiah began to talk about in the second chapter of this book. And, and you'll remember from last week that in this first large section of the book of Isaiah, that's chapters 1 to 36, it's this time of the actual Isaiah the prophet before the Babylonian exile. That is this time where the Israelites are conquered by the land of Babylon. And they're exiled out of their home. And so you'll remember that this is a, an Isaiah. This is a prophecy that is looking towards a hope and a prospect of what God can and, and could do within the people of Israel. 
And so Isaiah 11, it take, Isaiah takes these images of, of seemingly violent animals and putting them up against these images of peace. And in doing so, actually, kind of like we discussed last week, turns these images of violence into images of peace. Peaceful unions within all of God's creation. We're reminded that last week was about the hope It was about diving into this imaginal understanding of God's promise for humanity. God promises us this era, this understanding, this kingdom of salvation. If we had opened our Christmas card, well, we did open our Christmas card, our first Christmas card last week. We opened it and we saw on the card swords into plowshares. And we opened the card because we were confused as why swords into plowshares is on the front of my Christmas card. I'm just going to start printing these and sending them to you all. It'd be cool. I just want to see your reactions. Maybe inside we hear a little bit deeper about this hope and this understanding that lays before us. But you see, as we come into this second week of Advent, we dive a little bit deeper. You see, it's not that each of these words are, are oftentimes separate themes, but as with anything, they're themes that build on one another. Last week was about laying down our arms, and today is about the act that unites us together. Because, yes, laying down our arms, transforming our arms into tools of service is one thing. But it's the act of peace that continues that path forward of reconciliation, of redemption, allowing them to be transformed is a sign that we are willing to work together. And last week, Isaiah called us towards that hope. And now, this week, Isaiah gives us this image of true, lasting peace. Right? The lion and the lamb imagery. We've, we've all heard that statement, right? Lion and lamb imagery, this understanding of the peaceable kingdom. But the lion and the lamb, they don't actually interact together in this story. I've never actually thought about that until I read this this line from this commentary, you know, I'd always thought, oh yeah, lion and lamb, they lay down together and the lion doesn't eat the lamb, thank goodness, although I wonder what he had for dinner. But the author says, admit it, you thought it was the lion and the lamb, didn't you? And I said, yes, I did. Not sure how that became the prototypical image of the peaceful kingdom, but Isaiah said, is this the wolf and the lamb and the lion and the calf, the fatted calf, the calf that was ready for eating, Impossible, outrageous, and being bold enough to say that like Democrats getting along with Republicans won't happen. Freedom partiers and gun control advocates can't happen. Social conservatives and live and let live sort, nah, unimaginable. Well, maybe if they were allowed to give each other a good swap first, but that's probably a bad idea. We think our differences are too great. Our divides too deep until someone comes and points to a higher truth, a deeper reality than all of those things that separate us will continue to have us drawing battle lines. No, friends, Isaiah is about preaching this understanding of the peaceable kingdom. Now, I know folks don't like it when we get political in the pulpit, I'm sure all of you probably hearing the words Democrat and Republican from my mouth while I stand up here send shivers down your spine. 
However, I just want to mention to you that it is not political in the nature that we often think about it, the divisive rhetoric that our political parties in our time use, but I hearken back to the true understanding of politics in our life, and that is this idea of the fairs of the cities. Right? Politics is about our life together, and inherently sometimes I think we should care We should care about that as the church, as a people of faith gathering together to learn to take care of our community, to learn in this understanding and living together as building a community together. Imagine if that became the definition of our politics. Imagine if that became the understanding of this peaceable kingdom we are called to build. Because today, our Christmas card from Isaiah says, reign of peace. And we think to ourselves, how in the world could that happen? Not only does Isaiah call for it in a word from the Lord, but he lays out this true goal of what that can look like. Again, in this kingdom of God, understanding how we are all called to coexist together. That politics does not become how we look at one another in different lights, but politics becomes how we come together to do this work that God calls us to do, to make this community everything that it can be. Right? We spend so much time as our society breaking down these variety of identifiers. We look at the bumper stickers or license plates on the cars in front of us, and we automatically make assumptions about who these people are. Don't lie to me because I've done it. We see a news story and immediately take a defensive posture, trying to find a a counterattack instead of trying to take tangible steps towards an actual lasting peace. And you know what's being laid forth in this passage that really calls us to this work? It's not an ambiguity of differences, but a coexistence of the differences that sees harmony and peace even within those differences. Right, I fully believe in this passage. That lamb knows exactly what that wolf is capable of. And yet, it lays down with it anyways. And the wolf, knowing what the lamb offers to him, lays down with the lamb. They have come to know more deeply one another that they can find a way to coexist an understanding of trust that honors the created livingness of both creatures in which neither seeks to harm the other. It is this collection of harmony that exists within our society. Right? We long for this work to come to fruition. We look for leaders to lead us in this work, or at least I hope we do. And just like us, We look at the people of Israel and Judea and the problems that they were going through in this time. Right? They long for this peace. They are looking for a leader, the shoot of Jesse that rises forth from the stump. Longing for this leader who could lead them in this prophecy of peace. A leader who could overcome the differences in this warring nations. Right? Israel is wrought with this tragic history of moving from conqueror to conqueror of moving from war to war. And in comes Isaiah, trying to look towards a reign of peace. Right, and there's some debate about who Isaiah is talking about here. They, a lot of biblical scholars, a lot of Old Testament scholars have settled on this King Hezekiah who comes in this Davidic line of kings in Judah. 
And they look towards Hezekiah trying to fulfill this prophecy, doing all of this great work. If you want to see, go into 2 Kings 18 through 20, 2 Chronicles 29 through 33. Hezekiah does all of these great things, rebuilding relationships that had long thought been uh, fractured, bringing about peace and justice to repair harm. And yet, as commentators remind us, that the words of Isaiah 11 seem to confirm suspicions that Hezekiah would bring the the world to peace, but it was not to be. And to me, as I think about where we go as Christians interpreting this passage, my mind immediately runs to, are we looking for a leader who will do it all themselves or, are we, or do we need a leader who can, by example, show us what it looks like that our fruits of ministry would be the fruits of peace? Right? We just wrapped up this series on the Gospel of John, again, looking at the first part of John and all the signs of Jesus. But if we move into that second half of John, where, where Jesus begins to talk to his disciples, have this discourse with them, Jesus says these words in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I am them will bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. And we are, of course, reminded in many of our genealogies of Jesus that Jesus is, in fact, a descendant of David. What better way for us as Christians to interpret this understanding by seeing Jesus as the vine that shoots out of the root of Jesse, the very promise of peace that God instills within the kingdom. If we look at the call in the line of David, we see this calling to bring about peace for God's people. And if we look to Jesus as our Lord and Savior, as we look towards that coming birth, we see this nature of peace that Jesus instills in each and every one of us. And Jesus takes this idea of a leader ushering in an era of peace. And he brings in this idea that it falls less on the actions of that one individual. It falls less on the actions of God. And it falls more on the actions of the spirit of God that is present within each of us. If Jesus is the root, then we must be willing to come forward as the peacekeepers. We must be willing to do the work that God has called us to do. We must be willing to be the wolf that can lie down with the lamb. We must be willing to be the child that lies down with the snake. How are we seeking to usher in this everlasting peace? Because friends, peace is a two-way street. And in that, we have to be willing to do work to bring it about in our time. We have to be willing to admit error. We have to be willing to have compassion, to have empathy. The wolf and the lamb do not just lay down their differences and decide they're going to get together because they think, oh, this is for the betterment of the kingdom. No, there has to be a long discussion there before they begin to have hope and trust in what they can offer one another. And in that, both have to lay aside the differences and be willing to see each other as part of God's creation. Friends, I can tell you, I have moved on from this lion and lamb. Right? I'm talking about us. I'm talking about people. The great thing about biblical metaphors is that we want it to be a lion and lamb laying together. But at the heart of it, we know that each and every one of us are these creatures. We have to find ways to live, to go exist, to be with one another. 
And you know what? That's going to be really hard because, friends, I don't know if you've looked at the landscape of our world these days, but there are a lot of differences that we have with one another. Apparently, for Pennsylvanians, it's the fact of Sheets versus Wawa. And, friends, I don't even get that argument. <laughs> for every Pennsylvanian listening, I don't understand. They are the same exact thing, just with a different name. I mean, we have differences, folks. But the peaceable kingdom, the peace of God's kingdom, is finding a way for us to come together, to put aside our differences, to recognize the way that we are called to live together and to build God's kingdom. Right? And Jesus comes to earth to offer the example by which we live. The question is, and the thing that we are left with today, is will we allow his image to be our image of lasting peace in this world? Amen.